the first round is over. Wild card weekend has come and gone. Seven teams went in and only half remain. Did the New York Giants move on? Did some surprises come out of this first round that we did not expect? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, they, you're, they you're going to hear. You're going to hear all of that and more from us right now. Did my predictions come true? We're gonna hold you to that, Beast. We're we're, we're, oh, we're gonna have I, you I do wanna, that. I want to hear it. I want to hear. Very it. good. Very good. So all welcome right. to Downtown Sports. This is Downtown Sports, where sports come home. I am the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South. John Shavoni, it feels like forever, man, that we were back together doing a, doing a show again. I mean, look, the uh, winter holiday season, all that, you know, there are times we have to split up, times we have to, uh, you know, do things on our own. By the way, there will be a rant coming from me either before or after this episode posts. So you want to stay tuned for that. It's about the New York Giants specifically. So... You're going to want to stay tuned for that. By the way, I will not say a thing during this episode about the Giants and the NFL that I will say in the rant. I promise all of you that. And we're going to talk a lot of Giants, and I'm going to get a lot of my opinions out. So So let's dive right into this. Let's dive into the games in order from where they began. Let's first start with the very first game that kicked off Wild Card Weekend. That was 49ers-Seahawks, the very first one out on the West Coast in San Fran. Now, I predicted the 49ers were going to win that game 24-20. Okay, well. Well, you you almost got Seattle's part right. For the most part, the game was close. For the most part, I'll give Seattle credit. They hung with them. They made it close. Geno Smith actually gave them a chance. But a couple of costly turnovers, and that was all the 49ers need. You make one or two mistakes against the 49ers defense. The game is over. Well, for a team like Seattle, yeah. Well, any team that faces the Niners, learn this lesson well. This team only gives up 300 yards of offense. Ranked number one in the NFL. You make one mistake against the 49ers defense, you will not win. Your grandmother... I mean, and when I say you, I mean all of our collective grandmothers could quarterback the 49ers and they'd still win. This is how good they are. It's almost like plug and play. It's like it's like going it's like playing Madden on easy mode that that that's what watching the 49ers is. It doesn't matter who you plug in a quarterback. In fact, the only quarterback that did crappily for them at all recently has been Trey Lance. So, well, mystery relevant. Again, a dominant game. And this is the best performance, by the way, by a rookie in his first playoff game in NFL history. Completing 18 of 30 passes for 332 yards, three touchdown passes, no picks. The the completion percentage bothers me, especially when it comes to San Francisco against Dallas, when you got Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs out there. I, I, of course. I want to see what they will do against Dallas because, and oh yeah, spoiler alert, but I think everybody knew how that was going to go. But even that game, by the way, start the clock, as Beast has just said in our, yeah, we, we record, we have these little chats that we put information in. So Beast was like starting the clock. So Let's we go. got about 20 minutes. Here we go. Let's do this quickly. So no, give Purdy credit. I mean, give Geno Smith credit for trying to keep it close. But hey, look, well, Geno, Geno just earned himself eighty million dollars over yeah. three years. He's going to start. That's what next he's done. Year. He's playing next year. There's no oh, doubt. It, it, there's no way he he isn't. And if he isn't playing for Seattle, he's playing somewhere else. Like you know. I, I, Gino Pete Smith Carroll's is the happened. perfect Carroll comeback saved story. Gino Smith's career. That's what Pete Carroll did. It saved you. Yes. I, you got to give Gino Smith a lot of his own credit because there isn't a lot of people that would have stuck around this long in the league as a backup unless they had the skill to be here. Um, everybody forgot about Gino Smith. And, you know, the one start he had as a giant wasn't so good. Then he comes in last year when Russell Wilson goes down and you see some flashes of some stuff from him. And at times when Gina was out there, he was looking better than Russ. 
And I had made that comparison last year. Everybody said, oh, you're crazy, Malvin. Yeah, it was one of my the crazier things I've ever said. And but look I at said, what happened look to at Russell guy. To Denver. Look at what happened to Russell Wilson when he went under Hackett. He went to Denver. He thought, oh, he was going to turn Denver into a playoff team. Broncos country. Oh. Let's cry. Failure. Let's okay. cry. That's literally Broncos country. Let's cry. Bron- the Broncos are the only team that made what the Raiders did this year look bad. Um. But the pieces are there for Geno. The pieces are there. DK Metcalf, we weren't sure what he was going to be under Geno. He played well, had 136 yards receiving on 10 catches with a touchdown, with two touchdowns. And then on top of that, the one receiver that Russell Wilson was really missing out on a lot was Tyler Lockett. And uh, guess who activated Tyler Lockett? Yeah. Well, Lockett's a good weapon for him. Metcalf's good. Uh, Kenneth Walker was very impressive. I mean, you, you wait till Penny comes back. Both him and Walker are going to be a deadly running back combination next year. That's going to be the best running back combination in the NFL. Both of those backs will get 1,000 yards. As for the Niners, ever since Christian McCaffrey became a Niner, I want to – this is a big point here. The Niners have not lost since McCaffrey came over to the Niners. You know that? Yeah, I do. They have not been um, beaten. Let me just say one thing. Everybody criticized this McCaffrey trade. They wondered why are the 49ers – going for it like this now there was no way they could win McCaffrey wasn't even doing well in Carolina at the time he was all the, he was all the offense Carolina had yeah pretty much <clears throat> you know what's sad I think if Sam Darnold were the quarterback of Carolina the entire year that Carolina would have made the playoffs and not Tampa they I think Carolina would have won eight games I think a lot of people are going to be very shocked at how good Sam Darnold is next year because Caroline is not giving up on him. The weapons the Niners have is just disgusting. You have McCaffrey to run the ball. You have Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk. Like I said, yeah. and a grandma could play quarterback. My grandmother is dead. She is gone. And she could rise at the physical level of fitness she was before she passed. And the 49ers would still win. There are just, and their O-line is top-notch, too. Kyle Shanahan just knows how to build an offense. It's plain and simple. And I think Brock Purdy might be the might be ending up being the answer to the Niners' questions of who their quarterback will be. Yeah, Tom Brady 2.0. And now, think about it this way. Trey Lance never really got a chance with, a chance with the 49ers yet. So you can't say that he's a bad quarterback or whatever. Well, he's fighting then, with Brock Purdy for a quarterback job next year. He's fighting Purdy for that job. No, I think uh, Purdy has the job, and I think San Francisco is going to use the their two quarterbacks to get draft picks to make themselves even better. Yep. Wait for that. The All 49ers right. are going to be the best team in the NFL for years We're going to come. Mark Mouth's words on that. A dynasty cometh. All right, let's go to game number two, the nightcap game from that Saturday night. Oh, boy, this was a game that, honestly, the two young quarterbacks in the league, Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert. Now, at one point, you thought there was no way. I thought there was no way the Chargers could let this game get away from them, right? They were up, what, 27 nothing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had thrown four interceptions for his first playoff game. You thought... Oh yeah, this game's over by halftime. There, there's no way the Chargers, the, there's no way the Chargers can blow this, right? I mean, Brandon Staley is Justin Herbert. This is Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, right? And you knew who was going to lose this game for the LA Chargers, right? It's not mm. Justin Herbert. Nope. It wasn't his receivers. Nope. It was Brandon Staley himself. Yeah, I was about to say you you had that wrong. In the beginning. Oh, I had it wrong in the beginning? It was Justin Herbert versus the entire Jaguars team, Trevor Lawrence, and Staley himself. Oh, even better. Which is the damn truth, because Staley makes no adjustments. Nope. And Jacksonville makes all of the adjustments. He stopped running the football is partly what he did, like, uh, why was Austin Eckler only running the ball about 15 times? I don't care that Eckler's not a regular down type running back, but throw another run football. Run. If you're up by 27 points, 
run the friggin' clock. Instead, we're throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And instead, do you know what happened? Do you know what happened instead? Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence woke up. He adjusted. And then he turned in one of the better rookie playoff games after that first half. That first half was, I think, the worst a rookie has ever done in the postseason. He had turned over the ball altogether five times, did did Lawrence. He only ended up throwing the ball altogether for 288 yards, and he threw four touchdowns to four interceptions. But that's the thing. For every pick he threw, he threw a touchdown to make up for it. So Junior had one of his best games for a rookie running back, 109 yards rushing. And, well, let's look at uh, Christian Kirk. Proved to be a nice addition for the Jags in the free agency. Everybody laughed at the Jaguars when they gave Kirk that money. (laughs) You know what? He came at a discount. And, heck, a former giant named Evan Ingram had a touchdown in this one. He's playing a star for for Jacksonville. All Evan Ingram needed was a change of scenery and better coaching. I think I, I'm going to shut my mouth. because It helps when you have Doug Peterson. It helps when that coach is Doug Peterson. You know what? Um, I don't want to give any, uh, you know, predictions, but this is a spoiler. Rant cometh about coaching very soon. I predicted Jacksonville was going to win this game 34-27, and I wasn't actually terribly off, 31-30. No, but honestly, you know I'm not sure Jacksonville was winning this. I, I, The way it was going, I thought no way Jacksonville was going to come back. And then they pulled the Falcons. Exactly. I started checking uh, the Chargers roster. I said, did they pick up Matt Ryan and, like, you know, have him as a backup or something? Did Matt back Ryan then, get was, released? I thought back then that wasn't the quarterback's fault, right? That That only was on one person. That was on the head coach, right? Well, yeah, that actually was the Falcons. Matt Ryan didn't screw the Falcons. Shanahan. Well, no, I. Well, um, you're right. You're right. I should have checked the. Wait, wait, is is uh, is Smith on the uh, coaching staff of the Chargers anywhere? Well, let me tell you what's already happened now. If you're the Chargers, they've already fired their offensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi's out. Staley needs to be out. Quarterback coach has also been fired. The only reason Staley hasn't been fired yet is because they're waiting for Sean. Basically, they're going to fire him probably today or tomorrow or like it's the, today for us is the 17th. We don't know what day today. I feel, today well, will I feel be terrible for, you, for Justin but... Herbert right now. I feel terrible for him. Did everything in his power to try to win the game. You can't blame him for that. Didn't turn over the ball. No, he didn't. But Trevor Lawrence, give him all the credit in the world. And he will move on to the next round against. Well, we'll talk about those matchups later. Let's. Yeah, but let me tell you. No, but let me tell you something else. We had. Trevor, the rookies are the young kids. The young kids have shown up this week. Finally, give these kids a chance. All right, let's go to the games on Sunday. We begin with the Bills Dolphins, and we thought, honestly, by the way, we'll talk Giants Vikings next segment. Okay, so we're going to leave that one out for next segment. Right, Bills Dolphins. We thought this game was going to be one sided. Bills were going to win this. I predicted the Bills would win forty five ten. You know what? The game was a lot closer than I think even we thought it was going to be for us fans here in New York. We thought Buffalo was going to single-handedly blow the Dolphins away, but Josh Allen started making some uncharacteristic errors. He was throwing a couple bad interceptions. He fumbled. and things. He looked like the Josh Allen. Do you know what he looked like? Josh Allen before Brian Dable showed up. He was making those mistakes in his young season, yes. It, and by the way, that Dolphins defense is elite. Mm, I mean, they're damn good. I mean, I've seen them keep I don't the know. Dolphins in games that they should not have been in. Some of those things, though, Allen, like, shouldn't have forced the issue. Some of those deep balls, I wouldn't have been throwing them if I was Josh Allen. I would have, you know, tried. To he was them. getting. Here was the thing about Josh Allen in the postseason. I've noticed something about him. Mm-hmm. He has had too many freak things happen to him in the postseason. Coin flips twice. Um, Losing a game. Got in to the thing seconds. first, and so I'm thinking in my head, Josh Allen is thinking to himself every time Miami scored, like. Oh, God, not again. Not again. This is not happening again. That's it. I'm going to go out there and do it all myself. And when you get that mindset and when you start to think, oh, no, oh, no, when you let fear creep in, you make mistakes. Yep. Well, Josh Allen in this game threw for 352 yards, 
through three touchdowns to two interceptions. And, you know, honestly, for the Dolphins, this was a game that, you know, Tua would have been playing. Instead, in came Skylar Thompson, who barely completed 18 of 45 passes for 220 yards, and he did yeah. some picks of his own. The Dolphins barely ran the football. Uh, their defense. Their defense did everything in this game. Didn't also help, though, that uh, half of, you know, Thompson's receivers couldn't catch the football at one point. Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill were dropping wide-open throws, which was uh, atypical of those two. And you really take those away, and you really also take away the way Mike McDaniel uh, kind of mismanaged his timeouts at the end. And this game could have been a whole lot different, honestly. You know something? Buffalo was dominant in this game. There were it, They looked very dominant at a few points in this game. Never in this game. Here. Playing for DeMar Hamlin. Never in this game did I think Miami was going to win. Even though they were close, whatever. You just didn't get that sense. Buffalo mm. was dominating Miami in every facet of the game. It just didn't show up on the score. Well, when Buffalo... But then again, if the score... You could dominate a team all you want, and if they score more points than you, you lose. Well, so man. even though Buffalo looked, and it was obvious that they were the better team, didn't necessarily matter. The game had a lot of the game dragged for a long time. That's partly what kind of you you were like hoping and praying Buffalo was going to squeak it, and they did. Stephon that was Diggs. the worst game of the weekend, in my oh, opinion. Oh, no doubt. Stephon Diggs, Dave Gay Davis did their heroics as well. Did. Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley, you can't complain about it. No, but that was the Buffalo's worst game. Buffalo's going to have to play the... a much cleaner game, though, next week. Buffalo's going to have to clean up these mistakes, or they're not going to a Yeah, that was the worst played game of the entire slate of games in the weekend. And we'll talk about the best played one next segment. Let's move on to Sunday's action. Yes, this is continuing Sunday. The North battle, Bengals-Ravens. Well, You know, I'm just gonna, let me just say one thing that'll, that'll sum this up. The Bengals are another team that need to clean up their mistakes. Well, I predicted because... this game Bengals winning by 21-13, and it was 24-17. It wasn't... Mm, it's close. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Continue. Um, Because they encountered a Ravens offense that were running... That had, like, a, the, the, like, they the day before, the football. They were barely throwing. They were running the ball. Dobbins was out there. Dobbins was doing the heavy lifting, as was the other backs. So... He complained that he wanted to... He was not... He They... Didn't win the game because uh, you know he wasn't getting the ball. He was complaining about lack of uh, touches in the second half. Well, yeah, because you had three backs going around, and yeah, but they also want to get. They Dobbins were playing is the main for one. Dobbins is their main back. But they're he yeah, but like Dobbins he has is, not been getting the ball enough. They were holding him for his future because remember that injury he had in the beginning of the year. How many weeks was he out? Uh, the Ravens knew they weren't going to win the entire playoffs this year. They were lucky to even make it. Are you really going to risk the future of the best running back you've had in your locker room? And you've had a bunch of good ones. Um, well, stung for them. You're really going to risk Dobbins for a meaningless playoff win. Well, not having Lamar Jackson killed the Ravens. I'm sorry to say it. And then if Lamar Jackson was there. Look, the Ravens would have won this game. But that's what makes. But that's what makes me realize something. Mm-hmm. Not too many teams in this AFC were very, very good this year. Like if you think about it, for two years in a row, the AFC playoffs have consisted of teams that looked like if any of them were in the NFC, they would have been on the outside looking in. The talent in the AFC right now is, I think, at the lowest level it's ever been, and it's very top-heavy, and when I say top-heavy, I mean the Chiefs. Yeah, well, well, Joe Burrow didn't have to play a crisp game. Now, mind you, Bengals really only won this game because of a fluke 98-yard fumble recovery for touchdown when yep. I thought Huntley was clearly in the end zone and crossed the goal line and then fumbled the ball. So, really, that fumble doesn't happen. I don't think the Bengals win. That's correct. And, and they know it. Mixon didn't run the ball as great as you would have liked. And Burrow, you know, had one rushing touchdown. Okay, great. Jamar Chase Kansas had the City. bulk of the offense. The Bengals it, are going to need more. Kansas City is going to slap them up. Uh, it's that's going they, to. That's if they face Kansas City. We don't even know if they're going to get to them yet. Bengals have their plate full with someone else next week. The Jags are going to be the ones dealing with, with Patrick Mahomes. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. 
But no, the Bengals Bills are and have, the Bengals. Bengals have their own priorities and, and things. This is going to be, but Bills and Bengals is going to be crazy. I yeah. Like I said, whoever gets out of that game, Kansas City is going to slap them up. Finally, the game um, that we wanted to see Monday night that we got robbed of, unfortunately, because of more Hamlin. Thank goodness he's all right. Mm-hmm. I believe it's very important that he's. I think the Bills are, yeah, thank God. Burrow, Josh Allen. We'll be tuned in for a very fun game. We're going to dive more into the divisional round on our next segment. But let's dive into the very last game as we have only a few minutes left. The very last game, the Monday night game from last night. How rare do you play a playoff game on Monday? Bucks cowboys I thought the Bucs were going to win this game in a high-scoring fashion, right? I thought the Bucs were going to grind. I thought... I honestly personally thought the Bucks the Bucks were gonna win a 17-14 game. I thought Dak Prescott was gonna poop the bed. Uh well the Dallas kicker pooped the bed. Oh, Maher, oh my god. Maher pooped the bed. Four you saw four. Four. When, was he injured and we didn't know like Oh, he just wasn't making his kicks. What the hell? Like his last not... kick uh went off the top was of the he high? I mean went off the his last kick went off the top of the upright. Was he high? Like, I don't know. I've never seen a kicker play this bad. Well, I mean, I remember third times the charm, but at least Lawrence Tynes made his third kick. 33. Well, but, you see, but you see, though, this is why I'm glad the NFL put the one point to make it a 33-yard kick that it wasn't such an automatic thing. Because Bill Belichick it, complained about it. Only because Bill Belichick wanted it. Well, Bill Belichick... He's he right. The extra point was so easy to make. He's right. He was right. And congratulations because if it were 14 nothing and then 21 nothing, would you have really felt the Bucks had a chance in this game? And I still was but not. The fact that it was like 18 nothing and then Brady and then they get the six points. You thought that there was a possible game happening. At give least the, well, there was no give, game at give all. Give the but. Cowboys some credit. They had to go for some high-risk plays on fourth down. They got a touchdown out of they had to, They had to take some gambles if they were going to beat Tom Brady. I'll give them credit. They did. They found a way. Mike McCarthy, congratulations. I know you have been getting ridiculed in Dallas for years. Nobody could say Oh, he will still. Coach. Oh, he will still. All right, but that's the Dallas Cowboys' first road playoff win, by the way, since 1993. That is huge for them. Yeah. And now they will go on the road for their next game against the Niners. That should be an interesting game. And then that's the timer. That is time. So when we come back, we will analyze the New York Giants. Mm. Back after this. And we're back to downtown sports on the mouth of the south. John Shavoni, along with my co-host, the beast of the east, Jonathan Periente. We're downtown sports. We are where sports come home, and there's no excuse if you're not listening at this point. Um, so let's dive into the New York Giants. And I have to be very careful what I say or what I don't say here. So, yes, start the clock, beast. I got to be very careful because there's a lot of things I have to address. So in my rant later on. So oh, I'm let me going least kind to of say what I was going to think about it. Remember, uh, I yeah. had predicted this Giants game was going to be roughly a mirror of their last meeting. I predicted it would be 27-24. And just like the Vikings kicked the game winning field goal against the Giants to win. I figured Graham Gano was going to do the same from 61 yards. Okay. It did not quite happen, but the game was close. Daniel Jones was the one that ended the game. Yes. There you go. Daniel and and, and more specifically Saquon Barkley. Both the- And here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Barkley here because I'm going to talk the quarterback in my rant, but well, for Daniel the most part very well. He Oh, this is again one of his best games he played, which has been against the Vikings. He threw for 301 yards. He looked like Lamar Jackson with an arm. Almost 400 yards of total offense for Daniel Jones. Remember, you yeah. ran it for 70, for 70 yards. yards. 78 he did for, on 17 carries. So he led the Giants as far as running the ball was concerned. Well, and he could throw the TDs. ball for 300 yards. That's insane. 
And well, and also a lot of those throws were to Saquon Barkley, and that's the other unsung hero of this game. Daniel Jones has figured out how to utilize Saquon. Daniel Jones has figured out how to throw the deep ball. There were throws that Daniel Jones was making that you would have never seen him either A, attempt, or B, when he did, he misread where to throw the ball. For the first time, I see Daniel Jones having cohesion with his wideouts, having cohesion with his running backs, having cohesion with the playbook. Mm-hmm. First time. Yep. And the Giants' defense did a did enough. damn good job oh. at the end of the game doing what they had to do. And every Vikings fan out there, I swear, if you blame Kirk Cousins, you're a fool. Because... Kirk Cousins did everything under the sun to win that. He wasn't even sacked. His line protected him from getting sacked. He had no sacks. He wasn't hit. It's just a matter of, you know, by the way, it's funny you bring that point up. This is the first time, by the way, a football team lost when not committing a turnover or getting sacked. That's how good the Giants played. Let's just say it that way. That's how good the Giants played. It was a high pace. It was high pace scoring in the very beginning of the game. High pace, and then it became a defensive grind. And by the way, there were next to no penalties. If there was ever a definition of a perfect football game, that was it. That well, was it. Well, give credit. Both teams were are very well coached. They don't make terrible mistakes. They don't do anything that's going to haunt the you. Biggest the biggest mistake that was made in the game was Darius Slayton's drop on a wide, wide open ball. That could have netted the Giants a touchdown right then and there. But then again, mm-hmm. then again, if you think about it this way, if Slayton catches that ball and the Giants scored too early, Minnesota has more time yeah. to respond yeah. back, and we could be talking about overtime. Well, we also could have been oh. talking about, and thankfully didn't happen, when it looked like Kirk uh, when Kirk Cousins may have flopped a little bit on a roughing the passer that was called very late in the uh on the Vikings' last drive. No, Cousins didn't flop. Do you know what that was? Well, people were very pissed off that day. people were very pissed. That was not. Oh, I am pissed. I, I, oh, I was pissed. Are you? I was a. I'm a giant. I look at that. I was like, what the? Yeah, yeah. You know who lost this game though? It wasn't again. You know, it's funny you said that this was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Uh, no, but Kirk Cousins decides on fourth and eight. Instead of throwing the ball to your top receiver in Justin Jefferson, he throws a check down pass to his tight end, TJ Hawkinson, who barely got three or four yards on fourth and eight. Because Hawkinson and that's how was the it. most dominant player. Because here's the thing. I don't, you don't throw Jeff- the ball to him there. You throw it to Jefferson. You try to throw No, you throw it to the guy who's been giving you the best game out of anybody in that target Ever pool. since your top receiver. That's who you Your top to. receiver was covered like a... Yo, I'm sorry. Justin Jefferson was shut down by the Giants secondary. They keyed it on him at the cost of Hawkinson. They told Kirk Cousins, beat me with your tight end. Cousins gave what the def- took what the defense gave him, and when it came down to the end of the game... You knew where Cousins was going. He wasn't going to Jefferson. He was going to Hawkinson. What were you doing? Why are you throwing a check down? This is why. Because that's why Cousins was winning. That's why That's why Minnesota was still in this game. He was throwing check downs to Hawkinson all damn And game. this is why Kirk Cousins can never win. I've said he played a flawless freaking game. Every he threw for more yards than Jones. Higher completion percentage. Her cousins. And basically, he played almost a better game than Daniel Jones if you were just considering the arm. Makers you could ask for on your football team, and you didn't take advantage. You failed. No. You're wrong. That was not a failure of Cousins. It was a triumph of the Giants' defense. But a question, what's the weak point of Giants' defense? Answer, linebacking core. Who's responsible for covering tight end? Answer, linebacking core. 
Do you know how many times the Giants had to put out seven defensive backs just to try to stop Hawkinson, and they still couldn't do it? Hawkinson was playing a game like you never saw him play before. This was literally, I believe, his best game in the NFL. Forget for the Vikings, forget for the Lions. I think this was Hawkinson's best game ever. He was hot. He was unstoppable all game long, and he was the reason that Minnesota was still in it. Yeah. So at that point, you're you're yelling about why the, where was, to, why didn't you throw Justin Jefferson? Well, you have to go check out Hawkinson. Was Hawkinson was the guy getting it done for you the whole game, and Jefferson had multiple drops. Where was Adam Thielen? Where was KJ? Osborne? He caught the ball. Where was Adam Thielen Cook? was being thrown to. Those are guys you could have could have thrown the ball to any of them. Bigger, smaller dudes that could maybe get that few extra yards for you. He did. Do you know why he did the check down? Because the Giants covered everything that was beyond the that was. Beyond I'm, I'm reading the, it right here. By the way, down marker. I am reading it right here. By the way, of his decision. Yes, he said he saw single high safety. Tried to work Justin. Didn't feel good about putting it up to Justin. Then I went to to progress. I just felt like I was about to get sacked, and I felt like I've got to put the ball in play, and I can't go down with sack. So I thought i kick it out to TJ. I had thrown short of the sticks on a few occasions and even going back a few weeks and felt like throwing it short of the sticks isn't the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. You're a fourth and eight. You're trying to save your season and you're going to throw a check down when your season's on the line and everyone has been bashing you for how Hawkinson was only about a yard away from the first down. Before he was about he was three, four yards away. Are you kidding me? He was not. Nah, he was literally at that point and then he started getting pushed back. Then they obviously stopped because he was Hawkinson got dragged back eight yards, but um, we're about a yard or two away. Well, all I know is Kirk Cousins is going to have to have a very long off season to think about what the hell happened there in Minnesota. This is a team, by the he way, explained it straight up. Minnesota all year had not been losing close games; they had been winning these games by eight points or less. They the Giants have to been win. too, so something had to give. Something did have to give, and unfortunately, and by the way, Brian Dable is a great student. So if you show Brian Dable your best and you show Brian Dable what you could do, guess what Brian Dable's going to come up with? It will adjust. A plan to counter you. And he had a perfect plan. It was called use Daniel Jones to the best and fullest of his abilities. Do not baby him. Yep. Do not yep. put him in a situation where he feels that he has to follow the playbook instead of make his own decisions. That's the difference. Coaching was the difference in this game. Because if you see single high safety and you're running that play, why is your check down only three yards out? That's bad play calling. That's not bad quarterbacking. That's That's bad play calling. That's on O'Connell for doing that. I'm sorry. So, I mean, what what option did Kirk Cousins have? You, he went through his options. All of his options were covered except his check down. Why could, are you running a play where the check down is, is only three yards away? He could have tried to run it. You know, Kirk Cousins can run the ball a little bit. He could have tried to run it if, it, if the space was there. Could have run I mean, I would have rather check it down to Hawkinson at that point because Kirk Cousins is no Lamar Jackson. Hell, he's no Kirk Daniel Cousins Jones. Can run a bit. Kirk Cousins has decent. Later in his career. He's run. also later in his career. We don't know how well his legs are standing up at this point. Remember, he's in, he does get injured here and there. He plays through those injuries. He's been durable, but he's been durable. Yeah, but do you know? But that's the other strength of him. But the thing is, Cousins made the smart play. He made the only play he could make. So why are you running a scheme where the check down is only three yards away from the line of scrimmage? If Hawkinson starts that play two or three more yards up, then he gets the first down. Then, then he, he gets, gets the first down. Also, if you ran a hard slant with Hawkinson, you get the first down. There were so many things you could have done with that check down, that check down route. But you see single high safety. You should have been in Cousins' ear saying, hey, 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 hot route, hot route, Hawkinson, hot route, Hawkinson. Why the hell were you not doing that? As a coaching staff, like, I'm sorry, Cousins made the right play in that situation i've watched that play about five times he made the right call there was nothing else cousins had that's the fault of the play caller minnesota is now going to have all offseason to have to think about that game how are they going to get back and who knows what the a what the nfc north is even going to look like next year because now we have some teams that might surprise some people now 
Who knows if Aaron Rodgers will stay? The Lions are coming in that north. Justin the Bears Fields. are going to have the number one draft pick this coming year. And who knows what and they're Justin, And by the way, Justin Fields is Justin Fields is the guy. He is the man. And I think he'll be the best in that. I think he's going to end up being the best in that draft class. Well, we'll see how the NFC North shapes out. But for now, that concludes our wild card week. Now we are going to go for these final eight and a half minutes through our progressions of the divisional playoff. Let's get some picks. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Let's begin our little playoff prediction. Let's dive into our divisional round. <laughs> and this should be, uh, this is going to be interesting, honestly. Let's begin with a Saturday game to kick off our divisional round, and it is Jacksonville, Kansas City on NBC, 4.30 p.m. That was a great job you did getting yourselves into the next round, Trevor Lawrence, uh, but you can't. And other good news for Trevor Lawrence, he's going up against a much worse defense than he was last week. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things in this game that are very, very interesting that favor Jacksonville. A, if Trevor Lawrence and his receivers are and his running backs are on, I think top to bottom, other than the quarterback position, the talent level on the offensive side of the ball goes to Jacksonville. I think the talent on the defensive side of the ball goes to Jacksonville. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and he's going to be for a very, very long time. And the Jaguars defense does not have an answer for Travis Kelsey. Well, they are going to have to probably try to get an answer for Kelsey. If you they don't have one. No one in the league take does. Kelsey away, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a field day, period. And if you take Kelsey away, then then Kadarius Tony opens up. And if you throw, but Jarek McKinnon's been playing very well of late, and then Isaiah Pacheco could run the ball. Then you have Juju Smith Schuster. You you have Mahomes has got enough talent where he can find somebody to throw that ball. To he makes everybody play. around him better. Trevor Lawrence doesn't do that yet, but Trevor Lawrence has yeah, an there. entire fleet of weaponry. Oh yeah, more than so, I think he did. So I think this game is going to be a shootout, not like, you know, the the you get hit with a knockout punch, you fall down, you get up at nine and then knock out the opponent and win the game. That's not you're not coming back from 27, nothing against Kansas City. Andy Reid puts his foot on your throat when okay. it's time to. He knows how to win a game. And so does Pat Mahomes. But Trevor Lawrence got a very good Lesson on how to win. Kansas City, 27. Jacksonville, 24. Mm, okay. Close the Jaguars game. are going to make a good showing in this game, but right. they're not going to win. No, I don't think so either. Patrick Mahomes just has too much experience, and you give Patrick Mahomes a, a couple too many drives, you're going to lose the game. Kansas City is going to make this a close one. This will be a shootout, just as you say. I think it will be a little higher than that. Uh, the score you predicted. Kansas City will win 35-32. Pretty close. The, th the reason I don't prescribe to that is this. Travis Etienne is going to control the clock. I think Jacksonville will have the time, the edge on time of possession. We'll find I think that's going to be the one thing that keeps them in this game. All right. So that brings us to our next game of the divisional round. The game we finally are going to see. The game we thought we were going to see on Monday night that never got completed. Yeah. Bills, Bengals. That game is going to be at 3 p.m. on CBS. Burrow you know versus Allen. You know what's going to be? Uh, it, it, it's going to be almost surreal watching that game. Hmm. It's going to be almost surreal. This is going to find somebody's legacy here. You have Joe Burrow already talking, and Mike Brown has already talked about it. He wants Joe Burrow a Bengal for life. Okay? But... Burrow, as you can imagine, as well as Brown, is very aware of the situation of how are we going to are we going to be able to keep the Bengals core together to ensure mm -hmm. that they have a few more years at this because mm -hmm. that window will close for Cincinnati at some point. Burrow's twenty six now. That window is going to start closing in a few years. Chase is going to be like this is year two. 
Yeah, Chase is still 22, years 23 years old. He's still he has three more years of Chase before he hits free agency. Nixon's not um, getting any Boyd, Boyd's not, not getting, getting younger. younger. Higgins is not getting younger. So your wide receiver core is going to be diminishing. Um, your well, O-line is going to be huge. That's going to be the money to, to keep yeah. them there is going to be the big thing. Your O-line still needs work. Yep. Um, Buffalo has the talent edge on the Bengals, in my opinion. Maybe not on the offensive side of the ball completely, but I think if you put them in a neutral scenario without home crowds, without any... Uh, I, I don't know... Advantage Buffalo to you? This is, this is Advantage Buffalo. It is Advantage Buffalo, but here's the problem I have. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow always figures out how to beat Josh Allen. And I think it ends up being no different. I think the Bengals win this game and they move on to play Kansas City. Um, He's beaten, and Joe Burrow's already beaten Mahomes three times. Joe yeah, Burrow's I beat Mahomes. And I think uh, Joe Burrow's going to beat Josh Allen 24 17 Bengals. I'm going to have to flip the script with you on this one. I'm sorry. Buffalo Bills have a lot to play for this year. Let me go back in time a little bit before we even dive into this game. Look at what Buffalo has had to go through this year. Not just on the field, but off of it as well. You had the shooting at that Topps supermarket. You had the terrible snowstorms that killed over 40 people in Buffalo. You had the incident with DeMar Hamlin. A whole city that's been reeling. A Buffalo team that felt wrongly robbed of being in the Super Bowl last year. You put all these things together, you want Buffalo to finally have its moment, to finally have something to celebrate, to finally have something to counter what's been a rough year for them. Louisiana did it after Katrina winning their Super Bowl. Phil Buffalo's finally do one after remember they failed in the Super Bowl to get in the Super Bowl five four straight years. They went to the Super Bowl four consecutive years, never won. Maybe this is the time Josh Allen finally proves those naysayers wrong. And Buffalo came in this year with a chip on their shoulder wanting to get to that Super Bowl. They felt they were robbed of it. They want to get revenge for it. And now they finally have a team put together that can possibly win all of it. Buffalo's going to win this game, particularly not just for the city of Buffalo, but for their teammate, DeMar Hamlin. Buffalo is going to be propelled to win, and Buffalo is going to win 34-20. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go that way. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised right. if it had. I think this is really a coin flip, but it could go either way. Next. This leads us to our Fox game on Sunday night. Cowboys, 49ers, Purdy and Dak in San Fran. Who do we have winning this one? We saw what Dak did to Tom Brady. I... Can Dallas do that again? to Purdy and the Niners. Can you shut down McCaffrey? Can you shut down Debo? Can you shut down Ayuk? They have the, Dallas have, shut does down have the pers- Dallas has the persona on defense to do it. If there's any team that's left in the NFC playoffs that can actually have a defense that would shut that down, it's Dallas. Um between Parsons and Diggs and their front four is good and Dallas it's not that they're a better or worse team than San Francisco. That's not it. It's more along the lines of, I think the Cowboys personnel-wise are the scariest matchup that San Fran would have on the way to the Super Bowl. Look at the weaponry that they have. Look at all the weapons Dak Prescott has around him. From CeeDee Lamb to Ezekiel Elliott to Tony Pollard. Schultz finally Schultz. woke up. Yeah, to Dalton Schultz, to Noah Brown, to T.Y. Hilton. And by the way, they didn't even run the ball well. No, they didn't have to run the ball. They had to, if they were going to beat the Bucs, they were going to have to take those chances down the field. And they, they did and they won. Balls, and they did. And now they're going up against the Dallas defense. It's going to take the deep pass away. Well, so you now you're going to rely on your running Niners, game. It's going to do that, yeah. 
well, Dallas's defense is going to take the deep oh, yeah, pass away do. from Brock Purdy. The Niners can do the same thing also. The Niners will do roughly the same thing to Dallas. So then it's running backs on running backs, and you have Christian McCaffrey, who's one of the best, versus two of the best in Zeke and Pollard. The yeah, only question I have is, does the 49ers front seven stand up to Dallas's short passing game? Because I think they can. Can the Dallas defense shut down Debo Samuel? Because I think that's the biggest key there. If Debo, if you can stop Debo Samuels from getting going, Christian McCaffrey can then only do so much to you. I think the, and also Dallas's safeties love to play at the line of scrimmage. Well, then you have to try to get to Purdy a little bit if you're going to win as well. You're going to have to get to Brock Purdy. I think you're going to have to hit the people he's throwing to. I think that's the key. You have to spend the first half hard tackling the people that Purdy throws to. You're going to have to accept being down like 17 to 10 going into uh, the locker room for halftime. But if Dallas is going to win this game, they have to do two things. Mm -hmm. One, they have to completely block Dimbo Samuel from being productive. Two, they have to halfway. Basically, you have to make San Francisco beat you with Kittle. If there's a weapon that you're going to make them beat you with, it has Kittle. to be Kittle. Because mm. right now, Kittle is the least important of all of the offensive players that you've mentioned especially if you look at scheme, if you look at his performances over the, over this yeah. season, the tight ends usually hard. don't have, usually don't factor a ton into the offense a lot. Some do, but not always Just like Kittle. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Kittle's older. If I were Dallas, I would basically do what, um, the giants did to Minnesota, make your pass catching tight end, go out there and be Superman. And I think Dallas actually can accomplish this. That's kind of what we've seen in a way throughout these playoffs. The tight ends have had to factor tremendously into the Whoa. offense when they normally would not. You, you notice that kind of in a way? I mean, yeah. we've had at least three games where the tight end had to be the important player in that game. Because all season long, the tight end has been uh, for every team, not just uh, not just like, you know, the teams that we're talking about. Yeah, the tight end has been the least important part of that offense. So make the tight end beat you. I think that's the game you need to play with San Francisco. I think the fact that um, I think the fact that Brock Purdy got a playoff game in before this matchup with Dallas is oh, tremendous for helping him. This is a coin flip, but I'm gonna go Dallas. Okay. Twenty-eight twenty-four. I think Brock Purdy's Cinderella run ends. I think he has established himself as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for years to come. I think the 49ers have two very high value quarterbacks that they could trade for draft pick for first round and second round draft picks in this upcoming draft i think san francisco this year is going to take a step towards becoming a dynasty but i just think dallas right now their window is closing they understand that i think mccarthy understands it's uh a super bowl appearance or he's fired i'm pretty sure dak prescott's future um as a cowboy in terms of winning championships is really going to depend upon this game. I think if Dallas loses this game, they're going to blow it all up. Dallas, so Dallas has a lot to lose. They have a yeah. lot to lose. Those Dallas. I yeah, I think Dallas is the team that's going to take this. It's going to be 28, 24, 24. All right. I'm going to have to go the other side on this one. I just don't believe if you, you can't shut down this entire Niners offense, it's going to be impossible. And the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, you are feeling like a mistake's going to happen. And you just saw how their kicker missed four extra points. Their kicker doesn't make a couple of kicks here. Dallas is not going to be as lucky as they were against Tampa Bay with that. You're not going to be able to get away with that twice. So I don't know what Dallas is going to do with their kicker position. They're going to have to get that fixed. But the Niners get stronger as the game goes on, and all they need is one turnover. 
And I have a bad feeling that Dak's going to throw that turnover late and it's going to cost the Cowboys this game. I predict San Francisco will win 31-17. Wow, you're not even giving Dallas a chance. In this I'm giving them somewhat of a chance, but it's going to come down to one bad mistake and the Niners will take advantage and score. Plain and simple. That's just how it is. When you play the Niners, you cannot play any play to their strengths. You make a mistake to the Niners, you're going to lose the football game. Parson, you have Parsons for Samuel and Diggs yes, for Ayuk. Yes, you do. Yes, and you, you do. have linebackers for McCaffrey. And the one position that San Fran really could take advantage with is tight end. Yes. So if it's George Kittle and Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz, I take Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz. Very well. Now to our final game. Giants, Philly. This is going to be a defining game for Dan, for really for Hertz and for Daniel Jones. Really will be. Everybody says the Giants are playing with house money. They're not. This is a divisional opponent. This is a divisional opponent you lost to twice. Okay. We had that with Bill's Dolphins. You can't. Yeah. If you lose a third game to Philadelphia, your season's a failure. You can't go 0-3 against the team in your own division. Let me remind you, the last game the Giants played against the Eagles to close out the season, uh, Webb was your quarterback. You didn't even use Jones. and I don't care. Almost, and you still almost beat Philly there. You nearly beat Philly in that game. I know, but here's the two things. One, the Giants have never lost three times to a team in one season. Philly has never beaten True. a team in their history three times in one season. I think the Giants are running into this with a lot of momentum. I think the Eagles are running to this with a lot of questions. I don't believe Jalen Hurts is healthy. I don't believe he's healthy. I you could read all you could tell me all the reports you want about he has his health, for about three weeks. Good. He has had three weeks to sit. I with an injury. don't think he's healthy, and I think he's not going to be as effective as he was when he was healthy playing the Giants. I think you are going to see at most a 70% Jalen Hurts. If he comes out and is 100%, then Philly wins this game hands down. However, I don't think Hurts is 100%. I think they're hiding that. I think they're try I think they're going to try to use smoke and mirrors to get Hurts through this game and the Giants defense is good enough to sniff out smoke and mirrors. You're going I think this is a much more low-scoring game than okay. last week for the Giants. Mm. Well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a knockdown, dragout fight, and this time it will come down to the best kicker in the NFL, Graham Gano. And I could, and I very, very confidently say Graham Gano is the best kicker in the league. And I think it's going to come down to a 50-yard field goal plus 17-14 Giants move on. Okay, that's pretty bold. Well, this will definitely be back and forth. I have no doubt about it. My only concern for the Giants is can you stay with Philly for the entire game? That's what opponents have not been able to do all consistently against the, the Eagles. Stay with them. As soon as you let Jalen Hurts run the ball away from you, as soon as you give the Eagles a little momentum, they don't look back. And in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders can run the ball down your throat, as can Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, and should I mention A.J. Brown? Those guys can all burn your defenses left and right. If you take the ball away from Smith, then you're going to allow A.J. Brown to get open. You take the ball away from Brown, Smith gets open. If you take either of them away, the running game can go off, and Jalen Hurts can has a good pair of legs. He can run the ball down the field. on, on the Does outside. he? We don't know that. We don't know that right now. Not saying that Hurts isn't good. Obviously, he is. He was in MVP considerations all year long. However, I think the quarterback is hurt. I do, and I think he's been hurt longer than he said. Well, look, there's he's no doubt he had an hurt for a while. There is no doubt he he had an injury towards the end of the year. F definitely, definitely. 
Jalen Hurts has even said on being targeted by the Giants, I got a bounty on me every week, in the words of Jalen Hurts when this match with the Giants. But Hurts says Thibodeau is going to hurt him if he's out there. Jalen Hurts is expected to be a full go at practice. And then the next piece you hear is, uh, yeah, well, his shoulder right now is the big problem. Hurts has that shoulder injury. So his legs are not going to be a problem. If Hurts has to run the football more than throw the ball, he's going to run the ball. Oh, of course he's going to run the ball. But then what happens when he has to when he has to bear his shoulders and barrel through somebody? Nope. What happens the first time he has to do that? Then all of a sudden Hurts is going to be a slider. So instead of barreling himself forward for six or seven extra yards, he's going to have to give himself up six to seven yards earlier. While Hertz was protecting his shoulder, and I'm reading this here from MSN with the Eagles protecting his shoulder, Hertz was not running on zone read plays or the designed runs that allowed him to run for over 760 yards. When he scrant when he had to scramble, he ducked out of bounds or threw the ball away to avoid hits. Does that tell you anything about his shoulder? Does that tell you anything about his shoulder right there? Yeah, if you have to, if you see Jalen Hurts having to run out of the pocket and throw it away, or having to slide, or having to run it out of bounds, the Eagles are in trouble. And what do the Giants like to do better than any team as far as their defense is concerned? What do they do better than anyone? They blitz. And they're going to blitz on Jalen Hurts. They're going to send their whole running and linebacking brigade right at him. Because... Their corners can handle the pressure. Their corners went up against a Vikings team and shut down Justin Jefferson. And name me the wideout that's better than Jefferson on the Eagles. That's AJ Brown. No. Yeah. No, AJ Brown's pretty legit. I think AJ Brown isn't as good as Justin Jefferson. He's not as good. He doesn't have the numbers Jefferson has, but he's a legit wide receiver. Along with, of course, he is. Of course, and they are, but. Phelan was legit as well as Jefferson and Hawkinson and the Giants still won that game and they still held that high powered offense to only 24 points. Well, the key for me again, for the Giants, if you stay with Philly for the entire game, if you take away some runs from them, if you maybe can make a few stops, hell, if you can force a turnover or two, then I think you have a chance to beat Philly. You make a turnover or two against Hertz. I think you can beat Philly only if you can make Hertz throw make a mistake, that's how you beat him. But if Hertz is on, the Giants are going to be in for a long day and a long afternoon and night, whatever you want to slice it. But yeah, uh, I say Philadelphia is going to find a way to win this game. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe the Giants will shock the world again. But I don't think this is the one the Giants are going to are going to surprise us here. I think Philly's winning this game. Going to be a close game, as you as you say. I think it'll be a little higher scoring. 24-17, Philly. Well, at least you have the Giants scoring 17 like I did. Oh, yeah. No, they'll, they'll score. They're going to find. They're going to score against the Eagles' defense. It's not going to be that easy, but they're going to score. Although Jones will have over 300 yards of a total offense. Well. He'll throw for about 220 and run for. Yeah, he's uh, not going to throw for 300 yards. That's not, that's not happening. He'll throw for maybe 220, but I think he could run for 70 on that Eagles defense. You're going to have to utilize, though. You're going to have to utilize Barkley just like you did last week. Maybe have him run the ball even more than Jones did last week. Yes, you Barkley do. has to run the football more than Jones. Barkley has to be the main. Uh, Barkley has to be the main catalyst behind this win. Yes. But if Daniel Jones looks as dominant as he did against Minnesota. Jones is going into this with all the confidence in the world, playing the best football he's ever played. And Brian Dable, student of the game, he'll, I'm sure he'll find some weakness in Jalen Hurts. And again, the shoulder injury. You do not think you Brian Dable is going to keep targeting that shoulder that's hurt? No, it's not even that. It's he's going to find out how hurt Jalen Hurts is. How hurt is he? You're going to find out he'll because be you're going to see in the beginning of the game, unless Philly's O line does their job, which. Can Sometimes they block they for him good? Can they block enough for Hurts? They're gonna have to. At this point, you want to make you don't want to expose Jalen Hurts and his injuries. So that O line is going to have to protect him and have him be a pocket passer. If you see Jalen Hurts trying to be a pocket passer, then you know his shoulders hurt. If you see him running out of bounds, you know his shoulders hurt. If you see him sliding instead of barreling a shoulder down while he's running, he's you know he's hurt. You're gonna find out if. Jalen Hurts isn't hurt, I would agree with your prediction. 
However, I honestly think he is not a hundred percent. I don't think so. Well, come well, come Saturday, we're gonna know that answer. We're gonna find out on Saturday just how ready the Giants are and how ready the Eagles are gonna be and who will move on to the conference championship. But with that being said, that's going to conclude this edition of Downtown Sports. I want to thank Chris DeLarge. I want to thank Tony Mainville. I want to thank everybody on our crew as we dive in to the divisional playoff next week. And we will have a better picture of who will go to the AFC and NFC Championship game and who will possibly be playing for the Vince Lombardi Trophy in the Super Bowl this year. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 23 different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Podvine, Audible, Podacy, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podchaser. Rants, episodes, digital market battle specials every week. We are downtown sports, and we are where sports come home. For the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, I want to thank Krista Large, Tony Mainville. I want to thank the whole crew. I want to thank everybody associated. I want to thank you for listening. Mouth to the South. We out. Goodbye.